Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I am your host today, and I appreciate you spending some time with me. I'm always honored when somebody stops by to, to listen to some of our shows here. Do you have an idea... Or, or do you have a business that you're already running and, and you've kind of wondered how you would expand from that? Well, today we're going to be talking about the franchise model in general. So I'm gonna, I want to um, share with you a piece of an article. I think this came out of Entre- Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm not real sure. Uh, businesses ready to grow have to consider the best strategy for expansion. With the, advan- the advantages franchising offers, it's easy to see why so many enterprises uh, elect the, and utilize the franchise growth model. Um, and, and it is a growth model, and, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Each year, approximately 300 New brands start franchising. Now, I'm not talking about a brand new McDonald's up on, you know, opening up down the street. I'm not talking about a brand new Massage Envy opening up in the strip center. I'm talking about 300 brand new concepts they start franchising. So, with that being said, it's also something you should not try to do on your own. It's complicated. There's a lot involved in that. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Today, my guest is Steve Bigelman, and he is the president and CEO of SMB Franchise Advisors. Um, They are a consulting company specializing in advising franchise startups and existing franchise concepts on ways to drive growth and business. Steve, welcome to the show. Hi, Linda. How are you today? I am doing great, Steve. Can you believe that there are 300 new concepts that become franchises every single year? Yeah, Linda, I I do actually believe that. I've been in the franchise industry for a long time, and, and it is amazing. There are so many great businesses ideas out there and concepts that people have created that franchising really is a great growth vehicle for them to expand their businesses at a faster rate than they'd be able to do on their own. So franchising really is a great growth strategy for people as they look to expand their businesses outside of their home market. So I, you know, I am familiar with the growth that we've seen and 300 businesses. It seems like a lot. It is. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I bet you that number will continue to grow every year as more and more people get excited about the franchising model. Right. Steve, you have um, a pretty in-depth in um, career in 
franchising. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, Linda. I've been in the franchise industry now for 30 years. Uh, I started in the franchise industry when I was literally in high school uh, working in my parents' business. They had a packaging and shipping business that they decided to franchise in the uh, late 1980s. And uh, when I was 16 years old, uh, I decided that I wanted to intern for the vice president of franchise sales that my father had hired for the business. And I just watched and I was just mesmerized by how he met with potential franchisees to them about, you know, the potential opportunity for them to become a franchisee in the business. And I just thought it was really interesting and, and uh, I was intrigued by it. So I did that, you know, for my uh, junior and senior year in high school. And when I, you know, graduated high school, I told my father that uh, I wanted to you know, sell franchises. And he thought that was great and said, as soon as you graduate college, you can come in the family business. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you, you don't really understand. I, I want to do that right now. And uh, he said, you know, you're 18 years old. You need to go to college. And I said, I am going to go to college. Um, some kids, you know, uh, drive and do food delivery and some kids, you know, work at the movie theater and some kids, you know, work in the retail stores. I want to sell franchises while I go to mm-hmm. college. I could do both. And, mm-hmm. and literally um, sold franchises as a college, you know, freshman and sophomore, um, moved into my college dorm room, didn't know my roommate. Uh, he had pictures of uh, beer and beautiful ladies on the wall, and I had Hagstra maps blown up where I was putting all my franchises <laughs> with pushpins. <laughs> Total true story, Linda. I mean, the greens were, the greens were targeted franchises. The blues were under construction and the reds were my open franchises. And I literally called potential franchisees from my college dorm room, which you couldn't do today because of caller ID, but they didn't have that, you know, back in the late Mm -hmm. 80s and early 90s. So Mm -hmm. um, I've been in this industry a long time. It's been a great industry for me. I love it. I'm a certified franchise executive by the International Franchise Association, the IFA. I speak at franchise conferences all the time uh, as a keynote. And, uh, you know, I love to give back to an industry that's been really, really good to me. So mm-hmm. I can expand more on my background if you'd like, but, you know, that's kind of how I got started in franchise. So how did you shift from working in the family franchise business to now coaching and advising franchises on how to best become um, a better startup, a more successful startup, or taking existing ones and helping them to be more successful. How did you make that shift? So the, the shift, um, this is kind of a long journey, but I'll, I'll tell you about the journey and, and how I ended up starting SMB Franchise Advisors, the consulting firm. But after the family business, while I was actually still in college, um, I decided to go in my own business and created a food delivery concept. Um, where we delivered food for restaurants to people's homes and offices for the same price they'd pay if they went there to the restaurant and get a discount of 25 to 30%. Very similar to what everybody's familiar with today, like Uber sure. Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash. Um, so I created that industry uh, back in 1991. It didn't even exist. Um, our drivers didn't have cell phones. We used two-way walkie-talkies through Motorola wow. and Nextel. Um, <laughs> wow, that's how we communicated with them. Yeah, the, rest, the restaurants didn't have computer systems. We had fax machines that we put in the restaurants, and we faxed the order over to them. 
I mean, we were a little bit before our time, and we delivered food in the thermally insulated food bag. So, um, so I started that business back in 1991 while I was still in college. Uh, I graduated in 1992, and in 1993, I franchised the business. And by 1994, grew it to 35 franchise locations. A year later, I was you know 24 years old at the time, and um, was approached by my largest competitor. Uh, which was called uh, Takeout Taxi. My company was called Black Tie mm-hmm. Express. We delivered food in black slacks, a white dress shirt, and a bow tie. Um, nice. We wanted to look good. We wanted to look good when we walked into your restaurant mm-hmm. as an owner. We wanted to look good when we came up to your front door to deliver you food at night. So that was our that was our you know policy. So um, in the end of '94, I sold my company to my largest competitor, Takeout Taxi, um, and went on and became a senior executive in their company. Uh, as their vice president of development. And that really springboarded my career in franchising, Um, built them to over 100 locations in a couple of years. Uh, And then uh, my wife and I wanted to get a little closer to home. Uh, We were living in Virginia at the time, and uh, my wife's family is from New Jersey, and I was from New York. So we ended up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, which is about an hour away from uh, where my wife's family lives. And we fell in love with the area and, and uh, built several franchise chains, a uh, little Italian ice chain called Rita's uh, that I built to 350 locations, 100 more in development. And then uh, then eventually went to a company called Salad Works and then Hollywood Hands as the CEO for a couple of years. And then when I left there in 2010, that's kind of when I started the consulting business. Um, I really did not have a plan to go into the consulting business. Um, I was just kind of connected by a franchise attorney who knew me to somebody who was interested in franchising a tax preparation business. And uh, he asked if I would meet with his client. I said, sure. And I did. And at the end of the meeting, the client said, listen, I don't know anything about franchising, but I know I want to franchise my business. I need something called an FDD. I need a, an operations manual. I need sales process. I don't understand all this stuff that this lawyer keeps telling me I need, but you understand franchising, Steve. Can, can I hire you? And I said, with all due respect, I, I don't think, you know, you need me full time. I, I just ran a, a system with 400 franchisees as the CEO. And, and he laughed and said, Steve, I definitely can't afford you full time, but I'd like to pay you as my consultant. And you Mm. can help me, I don't know, one day a week and then go find three other companies to help. And so I agreed to help uh, Nick franchise his tax preparation business. Um, And then I got a call from another brand, another brand. Uh, Then uh, got a call from a big brand, the Goddard School, and then Lawn Doctor. And that's when I really realized that that I had a franchise consulting business when big brands were reaching out to me um, that knew me from the franchise industry and asking me to help with projects for them. Um, and we did, uh, I realized I had, there was a need for a franchise consulting firm with a real hands-on approach with their clients. So I brought some people on uh, who worked for me at Rita's and Hollywood Tans and some of the brands I was a part of. And we started SMB Franchise Advisors, and uh, that was, you know, 10 years ago. And today we've helped close to 300 brands, uh, most of which franchise their business. And, you know, you mentioned some of the moving pieces that go along with becoming a franchise. Can you kind of help me with how you start working with a client from the beginning? Someone comes in and says, hey, Steve, I've got this great idea for this widget, and I have been 
offering it for two years now. I know it works. I want to franchise it. Where do you begin with them? Yeah, the first thing we do is we obviously have a conversation with them and we get to know them a little bit better and, and understand what is their concept, what is their business, how long have they been operating their business, um, you know, are the revenues increasing, are the revenues decreasing, do they have some systems and processes in place to be able to support franchisees, and they don't have to have everything in place day one, but they need to have a plan. Um, we spend as much time telling people that they're not ready to franchise their business as we do telling people that, yes, you know, let's take the next steps in the process and help you franchise. Because franchising, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We tell people mm -hmm. that all the time. And they have to be willing to commit themselves to the process. Um, so, for example, you know, there's a mobile personal trainer concept that we franchise. And when I first met with them, I told them they weren't ready to franchise. And they said, why? And I told them that they needed to work on a whole bunch of things. They did. I gave them a list of things to work on. They did. A year and a half later, they called me back and said, we did everything you said. I said, let's go through that list. We did. And now they're a successful franchisor with over 200 locations across the country. So, um, you know, it, it's all about making sure that you're ready uh, to franchise. And again, if revenues are decreasing, not the right time to franchise. If, you know, you're, you're the only person in the company and you're in the pizza business and you make pizzas all the time in your restaurant and, you know, on Tuesday night and Thursday night and Friday night, you have to be in the back making the pizzas. Nobody else can make them like you. Uh, guess what? You're not ready to franchise because you're not ready to extricate yourself out of the day-to-day -day operations of your business and support franchisees. So we really need to have those, you know, conversations with somebody who owns a business to understand if they're really ready to support franchisees. Because franchising, Linda, as you know, is a whole separate business. You're no longer in the pizza business. You're no longer right. in the dry cleaning business. You're no longer in the handyman business. You're in the franchising business. And your franchisees rely on you for support. Uh, you know, we, we help a lot of people who have, you know, service businesses uh, you know, retail businesses, restaurants, home health care, uh, senior care, you know, child concepts. I mean, all different types of businesses. And the key is making sure that they understand that when they go into franchising, they're in a whole nother business. And the franchisees mm -hmm. really rely on you as the franchisor to support mm -hmm. them and be there mm -hmm. for them. Uh, you right. know, we, I, remember, I remember we had a, a, a concept in the junk industry and when we first started with this concept, they had about 10 corporate trucks and no franchisees, obviously. And we helped them franchise their business and they grew and they grew. And at one point, I remember, you know, the franchisor telling me, Steve, I hope one day to have 500 or 1,000 trucks and I don't own any of them. I just want to be a <laughs> franchisor because yeah. it's a lot of hard work running your corporate operation. And mm -hmm. look, for some people, having all corporate units is a great strategy, uh, you know, and it works. Uh, Chipotle mm -hmm. is, is a perfect example of that. But most people, you know, who want to expand their business outside of their home market, franchising really is a great strategy to mm -hmm. take the business to the next level. You know, as you were explaining that, um, making that shift from being a business owner, making the pizza to and, and running a, a pizza restaurant, cafe, 
and working with wait staff and vendors, that's going to be an, a, a different job than when you have fran prospective franchisees and franchisees that you need to train and get up to speed. So how do you help them in making that shift once you've said, okay, I think you can do it now. I think you've got the model that is ready to go to franchise. Um, do you help train them on how to be a, a better franchisor? Yeah, absolutely. Our team really, we have an amazing team. You know, we have uh, about 10 people on our team that really support our clients every day um, and make sure they understand what their roles and responsibilities are as a franchisor. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, the franchisee gets to call you on Tuesday night and say, my manager just quit. Come down and help me run my business. We don't mm -hmm. do that. You're not going to do that right. as a franchisor, and that's not right. realistic for your franchisees to expect that. But on a Tuesday afternoon when something happens – um, you know, spinach is recalled and you're in the food business, you got to have a system in place to, you know, educate your franchisees on how they deal with that. You know, mm -hmm. where do they get new product or how do they pull it off the shelves and what's the statement that they give to their customers? I mean, those are important things as a franchisor that you have to be prepared for. And we educate our clients, our franchisors, on the proper communication, the proper steps to take, um, to franchise their brand and to support their franchisees. Mm -hmm. So talking about being flexible, talking about, you know, uh, whatever the market or the situation uh, throws at you, let's talk about the pandemic. That's, that's where we are right now. For those that are listening, this is June the 23rd of 2020. And some days I think we're coming out of the pandemic and some days I think we're right in the middle of it, but whatever it is, it's impacting our life, Steve. So how do you take that conversation and help your franchisors to be better prepared, maybe not for another pandemic, but to be flexible enough so that whenever something the market throws at you, they're more prepared to um, you know, maybe take a sidestep and help their franchisees to through it a little bit better. Hey, Linda, this pandemic obviously is something that uh, the world has never seen before. Um, and certainly nobody was prepared for what we're, what we've been dealing with for the last several months. Uh, but we have spent an en enormous amount of time really supporting our franchisors so that they can support their franchisees the last two months on really, you know, helping them through this challenging time, right? Making sure that they're able to pay their staff um, in some way, shape, or form, operate their business. Some of our clients had to shut down their businesses. If they were a, a fitness center or a full-service restaurant, right. uh, they haven't been operating at all. So how do they get through this? How do they deal with their landlords? And do they pay their rent or do they not pay their rent? I mean, you read stories, Cheesecake Factory and other big retailers weren't even paying their rents in April. They told their landlords, we're not open, we're not paying. So, mm -hmm. you know, what do you do if you're a small tenant and your landlord says, I want my money, I want my rent? So how do you deal with those situations? How do you try and help your franchisees survive through this pandemic? And then, you know, reopen. Um, now with businesses reopening and they need to have all the proper protection and equipment that they need, the PPE that we talk about, uh, if they're a restaurant or if they're a spa concept, 
you know, whether it's masks or gloves or cleaning, you know, materials. I mean, that stuff is all really, really important. So we really spent a lot of time over the last several months educating our franchisor clients, getting on Zoom calls. And we have one client that has over 100 franchisees. Monday through Friday at 2 o'clock has a Zoom call with all of his franchisees. Now, they can't all be on every single one, and sometimes it's only a 15-minute call, but it's just checking in, making sure everybody's okay. This is what we Mm -hmm. just found out because, Linda, as we all know, the news is changing literally daily. Absolutely. The information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and not all of our clients are doing a daily call. A lot of them are doing weeklies. A lot of them are doing every couple weeks. Um, they're sending out emails weekly, whatever the case may be. But communication is the key, and we're believers in over-communicating. Um, that's just how we operate. We're always accessible for our clients, um, and we believe that our franchisors should do the same. And there are franchisors that are doing some amazing things during the, these tough times, whether it's mm-hmm. donations, to obviously, to the, to the hospitals, the doctors and the nurses who have just been tremendous and, and amazing during this pandemic in trying to save lives, uh, to, you know, to literally, you know, helping franchisees by waiving royalties, uh, reducing royalties, you wow. know, reducing fra- initial franchise fees for some people to join systems. Uh, Cause we haven't talked about the fact that there are franchisors that are growing during this time. I mean, franchisors right. are still awarding franchises and people are still joining systems because look, unemployment, unfortunately, is very high right now at whatever it is, 13 or 14 percent. So a lot of those people may not get employed again. And because of that, they need to go into a business. So they're Mm -hmm. looking at different business opportunities. Do I go into a service business? Do I go into a retail business? Do I go into, you know, a concept that deals with kids? Do I go into, you know, a restaurant? I mean, so they, they don't know what to do, and they're looking at different opportunities. So franchising is still growing even during this tough time in the pandemic that we're in. But the key is, is communication. There's just no doubt about it, um, is communicating with your franchisees and helping them through it. Yes, absolutely. You've said that so well because there are people that um, have struggled through this. And um, I don't want the listeners to think that that applies to all. There are industries out there that during this pandemic, I haven't been able to interview them because they have been so busy. I've had to push their interview out to August and September because they are selling more franchises. They're supporting their current franchisees and um, their businesses are growing. So folks, if you're listening, just know that this really is a perfect time to look at possibly purchasing a franchise. Um, in many cases, the, the lending, the loans that are available, the funding that is available is probably something we haven't seen in a very long time. Would you say, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you know, SBA loans, I don't know how long they're doing this for, but uh, if you have an SBA loan, if you're a small business and you're a franchisee and you have an SBA loan, the SBA is paying your loan till the end of the year. Um, yeah. So that's pretty significant, you know, for mm-hmm. small businesses out there. So there's a lot of, you know, good programs out there for people to look at. And your franchisor should be able to give you some guidance and direction in regards to that. But you're mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, we have clients and we've been very happy that they've been able to continue to grow during this pandemic and award franchises, everything from the service businesses to we have, you know, some concepts that are a million and a half dollars, a luxury pet hotel 
that's awarded franchises. So mm-hmm. people are still making buying decisions and growing uh, and, you know, trying to diversify their portfolio with multiple concepts in some cases. So, you know, you can't just sit on the sidelines if you're a franchisor and say, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, invest money in franchise development or franchise sales because you need to still now. We still mm-hmm. obviously have to be, you know, considerate that there's some people that are going through a really, really hard time, people who got right. sick. There's no doubt about it. Um, and right. unfortunately, some people have passed, which is even worse. Um, and that's very, very scary. But at the same time, you know, we're seeing that the country is starting to open up all around in the United States. Um, people are getting back. Well, Steve, it um, looks like we are coming up to um, a commercial break. Now, when we come back, could you share with our listeners maybe a story of uh, someone that you worked with and took them from concept to actually franchising? Great. Steve, you're, you're a little gargled as well. So hopefully when we come back from commercial break, we'll have a better connection here. So folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break, break and we'll be back with more about franchising. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Linda Biastetos is your host on All Things Franchising, where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on all things franchising. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with the BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898. Or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. Hey folks, welcome to back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Bayestetis, and we're here today with Steve Begelman with SMB Franchise Advisors, and they actually help people take their concept into um, maybe they have had a business and they take it into the franchise model. So, Steve, but when we, before we went on commercial break, I asked you if you would possibly have some stories you could share with us. Sure, Linda. I'm happy to share a few stories. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, an, an example of uh, one of the concepts that we help franchise, I mentioned a mobile personal trainer concept earlier. Uh, we helped a concept called Gym Guys franchise their concept. Mm-hmm. And Josh York, the founder of the business, approached us probably seven, eight years ago. Uh, at the time, I actually told him he wasn't ready to franchise his business and told him some things that he had to work on. Uh, he did, called me up a year plus later and went through that list. And I said, okay, now you're ready to franchise. And we helped him franchise. Steve, you're breaking, up a, you're, you're breaking up again. I'm not sure why there's a breakup in the connection. Try it again. Is this a little better, Linda? No, it's not. It's not. I tell you what, why don't you give me a call back and um, I'll do a song and dance for the listeners. And when you get back, you'll probably have a better connection. Okay. So, folks, you know, we've been talking about um, um, the the franchise model. And I absolutely think that this is the way of the future. And the reason I say that is because there are so many components to owning your own business. And I tell you what, coming out of corporate, you don't know what all those different components are. So many times we don't know how to run a business. And I don't care if you did have a business, you did work with businesses in the past, say I came out of banking, but to run my own business, I don't know what all those pieces are. So Steve, I see that you've made it back. Hopefully we got a better connection here. I hope so. Is this better, Linda? Yeah, sounds good. Yes, sir. Okay. Great, great. So anyway, so we helped Jim Guys franchise his business. Josh York, the founder of the business, had approached us. Uh, as I said, uh, told him originally he wasn't ready to franchise, gave him a list of things to work on. He did that about a year plus later, called us back and said, I did everything you had told me. Um, so we helped him franchise. What we do is we really help Josh, lead the process of franchising because, again, he's an expert at being a great personal trainer, knows how to run his business, but didn't know what the steps were to franchise. So we take the lead in the process. We act as the coach of the team, and we really lead in the FDD, the franchise disclosure document process with the franchise attorney. We actually write 100% of the franchise operations manual for the company. We learn the business, our team spends time with the company, and we literally write everything from starting the business, forming the company, finding the right location if it's a franchise with a retail concept, the marketing plan, the HR sections, the operations section, et cetera. And we create a franchise sales process. How are they going to award franchises? Where are they going to award franchises? We write the marketing pieces for the website really everything, all the steps that they need to franchise their business. This process takes anywhere typically from about six to eight months uh, with the average client, sometimes a little longer if they want, and that's okay too. So we helped Josh franchise his business. Um, It was really exciting. He was very excited, um, and I love this story. It's one of my favorites. Um, So we helped him franchise his business, uh, and he was franchising maybe a couple months, had not awarded a franchise yet, and – his wife had said, I want to go on a vacation. And Josh said, no, we, we can't go on vacation. I haven't awarded any franchises yet. I just spent all this money to franchise my business. And he called me up and he says, Steve, my wife wants to go on vacation. What do I do? And I said, <laughs> yeah. I said you go on vacation, Josh. He said, I, I, said, you, yeah. I said, you go to Cabo. 
and and you enjoy yourself. And he said, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I mean, I haven't awarded a franchise yet. I just spent all this money to franchise my business. And, and you know, really funny story, Linda. So he goes to Cabo, and he says he's there, I guess, three nights, four nights, and, and he's online to get uh, at the buffet, and he gets a whole bunch of brownies, and somebody stops him that he had seen earlier in the day and said, are you going to eat all those brownies? And Josh is a pretty fit guy, if anybody's ever met Josh. He's as fit as anybody you've ever seen. And he said, yes. And he said, really, you're going to eat all those? And he said, you know, yes, this is my vice is brownies. And he said, what do you do? And he says, I'm a franchisor of a, a personal training franchise. And he said, really, tell me about it. And this was an older gentleman with his wife and talked about it. And he said, you know, my son would be really good at that. He works for ESPN and he's looking to open his own business and wow. he's really into fitness. And so the next day they FaceTimed the son and uh, they came back from Cabo and, and in a snowstorm on a Saturday, Josh drove from Long Island. I drove from Eastern Pennsylvania in Bucks County and uh, Alan and his son, Sam drove from Westchester County. We met in Bergen County, New Jersey at a hotel and showed them the, the truck and all the equipment. They ended up being his first franchisee. Uh, they signed on, <laughs> believe it or not, he sold his first franchise from Cabo and he ended up being, you know, uh, over a million dollar operator. So wow. you know, it just goes to show you. And now Josh has a couple hundred territories around the country. So it just goes wow. to show you that you never know where you're going to find your first franchisee. Um, and you got to always be branding. You know, I'm a big believer in that yeah. ABB, always be branding. And I know Josh is too. So, you know, it's exciting. Um, franchising is that different business and you have to be ready for it. I have another client that we help franchise their business. And I remember getting a phone call from a friend of mine who owns one of the big franchise PR firms. And it was literally New Year's Eve. And he called me up and he said, Steve, um, what client do you have that could be on CNN tonight uh, uh, talking about franchising? And I said, really? It's New Year's Eve. And he said, yeah. And they have to be in the studio in two hours. I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So, so I called one, I, I, crazy. I called one of my clients that was based in New York City. And I said, you know, he said, well, I'm going to have to go home and shave. I said, okay, go shave and put on a pair of slacks. He did. He was interviewed on CNN. And believe it or not, he sold his first franchise from it. So, wow. you know, you, you, just, you just never know. And they were in the junk removal business. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, franchising is, is a different business. I, I have a luxury hotel for dogs. Uh, called Canine Resorts. Uh, it is literally the Ritz-Carlton Hotel for Dogs. And I love the concept. And Stephen and his brother Jason started the business. Uh, we helped them franchise it, give or take, around 10 years ago. And I remember when we were doing literally the documents, so we were about two months into the process, a gentleman walked in the resort and said, um, I want to see Stephen Parker. That's one of the founders. And, and he came out and said, Andy, what's going on? He's been a longtime customer. And he said, uh, I hate my corporate America job. Uh, mm -hmm. You play with dogs all day. And I think I want to open one of these. Can I pay you as my consultant to help me open a dog hotel? Wow. And Steve Parker said, he said, well, ironically, Andy, I can't help you as a consultant because we're in the process of franchising our business, but I think you could be our first franchisee. And then he called me and said, what do you think? I said, that'd be great. I met with Andy with our client, with Steve Parker and his brother Jason a month later. And, and two months later, they became the first franchisee in the system. 
and now the franchisee is doing you know well into seven figures, operating the business and and loving loving the business that he's operating every day, and wow. not going into commuting into New York City in a corporate America job, and he's making way more money than he ever did. So yeah. you know, franchising yeah. could be a great business for people. Um, and it really is a great strategy to grow your business. And today, Canine Resorts is in, you know, probably 20 different states um, wow. with, you know, 50 or 60 franchisees. So pretty exciting. That's great. Great stories. Great stories, Steve. We're coming up to the end of the show. If someone's listening and they want more information about um, maybe just to find out if they're in the right place to even consider franchising, how would they find out more about you and SMB and uh, how would they get in touch with you? Sure, Linda. So they can go to our website first and foremost, which is smbfranchising.com. So S is in Steve, M is in Mark, B like in boy, franchising.com. Or they can email us directly at steve at smbfranchising.com um, to learn more. And uh, we're happy to, you know, then talk to them about their business and understand a little bit more and decide, you know, with them whether it makes sense as a good strategy for them to franchise their business. Very good. So we're down to the final three questions. The first question is, um, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, or maybe someone that is thinking about franchising their concept or their business, what would you suggest they do to prepare themselves for this process? So, Two different answers, I guess, I'll give you, mm -hmm. Linda. Obviously, for somebody who's looking to franchise their business, are they ready to go in a whole other business and support franchisees? And, you know, again, it's not for everybody, and we have that conversation with them. Uh, you know, you're going to give up some control in your business. You're not going to be able to do everything. I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody in the pizza business who wanted to control everything. And, and I said, franchising is just not the right strategy for you. There's nothing wrong with owning three corporate locations in your region and, and being a great operator. That's pretty cool. But if you want to grow and be in, you know, 20 states or 30 states and one day do a private equity transaction, um, franchising really is a much better strategy for growth. So on the franchising side, understanding that you're going to give up some control and understanding that franchising is a marathon, not a sprint, and it takes time and you have to support franchising. So, you know, franchisees. Uh, from a franchisee perspective, you have to understand that, you know, you're going into a business and you're going to follow a system that's already created. So you're not creating the system and you have to be okay with that and understand that. But the good news is it's typically a proven system. It's a proven model. You don't have to create things. I mean, a lot of people that go into the canine resorts business, they don't know how to run a dog hotel. They just know they love dogs. So they don't understand the detail that goes into the ventilation systems in the resorts and, you know, the system for what happens if there's a crisis and, you know, and how many dogs you can have in daycare at the same time and large dogs and small dogs. There's a lot of, you know, complexity to the business but you don't understand that and that's why franchising really is great but for franchisees i tell them to look for for four things the first thing is you got to like the concept okay if you don't like the concept you shouldn't do the business the second thing is do you like the people because mm -hmm. you're going to be dealing with those people on a regular basis and you got to make sure you like the people the third thing is is there a territory available that you're interested in, or are they telling you to go move to, you know, uh, you know, the other side of the United States? 
And then the fourth thing is, does it provide the financial return you're looking for? And if it doesn't, if you don't answer those four things positively, you shouldn't move forward with the business. Yeah. So that's what I tell people yeah. when they're looking to become a franchisee in a system. Yeah, very good advice. Uh, the next question is, what are two traits? And we may have spoken about this um, during the interview, but um, what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Uh, I would say, you know, somebody, a trait that, again, that they're willing to, you know, adhere or follow a system and you got to be willing to work hard. It's yeah. not easy. You know, just because you, you know, you put up the golden arches don't mean, doesn't mean that people just flock to your business, right? So, and especially if it's not the golden arches or a Dunkin' Donuts. Right. And it's a smaller, it's a smaller emerging brand, which gives great opportunity. So you'll get the opportunity to own multiple locations potentially in your geographic area, but you got to be willing to work hard. You know, hard work is critical. You know, mm-hmm. you know, again, if the franchisee is not willing to put the time and the effort in, then you shouldn't invest in the franchise business. Mm-hmm. So those are those are some important things that we tell them to look for. Yeah. When I whenever I talk to a prospect, um, I always say, if you're looking for a nine to five, you need to get a job because this is not this is owning your own business. And there will be a lot of hard work in that. So, you know, they need to oh, understand up front. Absolutely, Linda. It's it's commitment, and it's not for yep. everybody. You right. know, it's not. Right, exactly. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? Well, I've been in this industry now for 30 years, and, and uh, I'll tell you that franchising has been a tremendous industry, a great industry for me, um, and I continue to see the industry growing. Um, I think that, you know, typically in a recession, the franchise industry does fairly well because people then buy businesses. Um, Sometimes when, you know, we have some economic hardship uh, and the banks aren't lending, it gets a little more challenging on the higher end investments. But, you know, we're not seeing that now at all. So I expect Mm -hmm. the franchise industry to continue to grow uh, like it has over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. really grown tremendously from where it was, you know, 20 and 30 years ago to where it is today. And I would right. certainly expect that we're going to see the same kind of growth. You, you started off the call with stating that over 300 brands franchise their concept every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people buy franchises every year. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know that number is probably even greater than what I just said. So, you mm-hmm. know, franchising is alive and well, and I expect it to continue to grow tremendously uh, over the next five to ten years. Wonderful. Steve, thanks so much for being on the show today. One more time, if someone wants to get in touch with you or find out more information about SMB, how would they do that? They can go to our website, Linda, at smbfranchising.com, or they can email me directly at steve at smbfranchising.com. Thanks so much, Linda, for having me today. I really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day, Steve. Thanks so much. Take care, Linda. Thanks again. Uh So, folks, this is another aspect of franchising. Uh, They have to start somewhere, and many of them are startup. They all start as a startup somewhere along the line. Uh, So just keep in mind, if you're running your own business and you want to think about using franchising to expand, uh, SMB would certainly be a great place to start. So as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This is Guy 
Kawasaki, I think is the way it's pronounced. Uh, ideas are easy. Implementation is hard. That's exactly what we've been talking about. You can come up with ideas all day long, but the implementation it is of creating a franchise is going to certainly be something you would want an expert to help you and hold your hand through the process. Folks, thanks again for joining me on All Things Franchising. See you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.